0: hello hello you guys welcome back to cast your burdens so let's get right into the segment but before we do that i'm going to go ahead and read a few scriptures that god had just put on my heart for this segment romans 8 18 through 19 we are reading from niv i consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Next, we have Galatians 6:9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Next, we have Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now, I wanted to get into the segment today talking about, there's just been a lot that I've been seeing online. And it's just been a lot of celebrities blaspheming God and Christianity. And I want to read what the definition of blaspheme is, blasphemy is. It's the crime of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence for God or a religion and its doctrines and writings and especially God as perceived by Christianity and Christian doctrines and writings. So of course, you know, people have been saying to oh, you know, people make fun of other religions, but we can all agree that it is not the same as blaspheming God, especially in regards to Christianity and not we I'm saying God, but what I really mean is Jesus. So a lot of people say God, they say, you know, I believe in God, but you When you get into conversations with people and you realize that they are not talking about God of the Bible, which is Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you do run into a problem because you're now not talking about the same God. So I want to make this very clear. The blaspheming of God, we are talking about Jesus, okay? And uh, prime examples, you have Demi Lovato. She was on what was shaped as a cross, um a bed that was shaped as a cross, and she was like all bondage bondaged up, and she looked like she was um i don't know had blood on her or something and then you have the baby, which he I think it was in a most recent video he was literally hanging on a cross with a crown of thorns, Kendrick Lamar also his album cover he also had a crown of thorns on, and the latest one that I saw is Megan Fox, with of course her boyfriend machine gun Kelly and they were saying that they take communion on Sundays she was kneeling down on you know her legs and stuff on all fours I would say or on her knees I would say I'm sorry and he was basically feeding her what would be represented as the body of Christ before um Jesus actually died on the cross he had the last supper and with communion, it is symbolizing the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus, and we are partaking in that. We are as Christians, we are partaking in the body um, of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, recognizing that He gave Himself up for humanity, so we may be reconciled back to God Himself, due to the fall of man when Adam and Eve uh, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden really Adam's sinned in the garden, but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic. So the communion in the Christian faith is uh very symbolic. It is very very symbolic and it's very important, right? Um also of course the death of Jesus on a cross. If you die on a cross, that, back then it was the most shameful way to die. Um and to be crucified was also a shameful way to die, and Jesus who had no sin became sin for us okay so just just when you learn about Jesus and you start reading the Word of God you start um, realizing that certain things the whole Bible is important, but the crucifixion of Jesus if without the crucifixion of Jesus Christ we would not even be able to be reconciled back to God, who is the ultimate creator of humanity. So it is very important. These things, it's very important. The cross is very important. Crown of, The crown of thorns that they put on Jesus's head to mock him is very important. So that is why blaspheming God, it is again, very important. And I want to speak on this for uh, from a few different perspectives, right? So I do want to read uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now worked in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Just as, the, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in tr- trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So I want to touch on this because this isn't uh, a segment about bashing those who are blossoming God. This isn't a, se- a segment of, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I'm seeing in the world today. No. Because if you read the Word of God, these things God has already spoken about God has already talked about that uh even in the scripture we just read and and by nature we were children of uh, children of wrath until we were reconciled to God through Christ Jesus, through the resurrection I'm sorry through the through the crucifixion, and then the resurrection of Christ Jesus. This is important because I think it's easy for us when I say us, the Christian community to point a finger and say, wow, I can't believe what's happening in the world. It's getting crazy. Not remembering and humbling ourselves and remembering that we too, once were blind, we too were enmities of Christ. You know what I'm saying? We too, in our own way, blaspheme God. Maybe it wasn't us hanging on a cross. Maybe it wasn't us making fun of communion, but it was us cursing God in our own way. It was us denying the power of God. It was us rolling our eyes when we heard anything that had to do with God and his love or the word of God and the power of God. So what I don't want to do is basically look at the speck in my brother's eye and not look at the plank in my own eye, right? It's not about that. However... I do want to talk about the things that are going on in the world, and I also want to give an encouragement to believers. Um, I had a young lady, we we're about the same age, and she had brought up a good point. She said, there's not a lot of, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of believers that are our age that are willing to stand on what they believe in and stand on the faith of God um, and stand on the word of God. Right, um, and as believers, as true believers, as as people that profess to be Christians, the Bible is our ultimate truth. Um, John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So there's a lot of scriptures. We can keep going on and on. But there's a lot of scriptures that point to the word of God being the ultimate truth. It also says um, in Hebrews 4, 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, when I first read this scripture, and even now, it is giving us a sense of conviction. The thing is with the word of God, it does, it is led to convict us. It is led to make us look at ourselves. It says that it is the dis- dis- discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is not looking at our outward appearance. The word of God is not the word of God is not looking at uh, our acclimates. The word of God is not looking at how many houses we have, how many cars we own, um, how many people we inspire. No, the word of God is looking at our hearts, and it's and it's a discerner of thoughts. And at the end of the day. There's a lot of people that are, you know, we're living in a time, we're living in a time where we're looking to make Jesus, we're looking to make God obsolete. You know, society is making it seem like the word of God is a poetry book and that uh, Jesus is like Santa Claus or Jesus is um, like the Easter bunny or Jesus is just a figure to look up to when in all reality we are living in a time where evil is good and good is considered evil and it says that in Isaiah 5:20 20 through 21 the whole world's backwards at the end of the day like and I know a lot of people don't want to say that because a lot of people we we we're living in a time where if it doesn't make our feelings feel good then it's wrong. If someone hurts our feelings or offends us, we're going to cancel them. We're living in a time where we are a very sensitive but yet desensitized generation and it's causing a lot of confusion. Now, I also want to read Romans 1:18 through being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. I'm going to stop there because I think that that is also just a handful and it is also just great. There are so many times where people are like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen God. God's not real. But yet there's so many invisible qualities and divine nature that God has clearly made seen to us and to those around him, um, to all of us, to all humanity and We don't like words like godlessness or we don't like words like wickedness. Yet, if you look at social media, and I mean, if you really take a seat and look, people do not care that they are blaspheming God. They do not care that they are mocking Jesus. They don't care. And my question would then be, if you supposedly don't believe in god if you supposedly think that christianity is quote-unquote judgmental and christianity is um has a holier than thou mentality and christianity is false then why are people going through such great lengths to try to deny god and also blaspheme god and mock god if, if the Christianity was such a lie and such a fluke, that is just my question. There's so many times, even in my own life, where I would try to convince people um, about God. You know, I try to convince people that, uh, oh my gosh, God is real. And, you know, there is eternal life after this life. And I'm like, listen, I couldn't even save myself. There is no way that I can save another human being. It is not our job or my job to convince anybody that God exists. That is not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to show Jesus the best way that I can. And that doesn't always mean talking. That doesn't always mean Telling someone that I go to church every Sunday, that doesn't always mean telling someone i'm going to pray for them, knowing that I am not going to pray for them when I go home. That is a false sense of Christianity, and I believe that is what people are sick of. I know that I'm sick of it I'm sick of people thinking, "Oh, if I go to church every Sunday or if I go to bible uh Bible study every Wednesday, but yet when I leave Sunday and when I leave Wednesday, my life still looks the same. You can 't even tell that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, then it does confuse people and that does frustrate people. Now, you have, on the other hand, Christians that um, are definitely hypocritical. I've been in so many, I've been in those shoes too, where I have been hypocritical. Um, And I think that also leads to my next point, where true believers and true Christians are afraid to stand on the word of God. So instead, what we do is we see a society and we see People that are mocking God, blatantly blaspheming God, blatantly um, saying they don't respect God. And these people are standing 10 toes deep, 10 toes down on their belief system. And yet as Christians, we think that uh, when the Bible says turn the other cheek, that means that we have to be punks. I'm just gonna say how it is. (laughs) I'm just gonna say how it is. When you read the word of God and you see how Jesus was speaking, yes, Jesus is love. But when people say that Jesus is love, Jesus. People think that Jesus is a punk. People don't read their word. That's why people think that, oh, Jesus is love. And Jesus is just this soft, um, soft uh, God who just came to earth and was a softie. And and if you read the word of God, you see that Jesus was not a softie. You see that Jesus, Jesus says in the word of God, if anyone wants to follow me, you have to deny yourselves. If you want to follow If if anyone wants to follow me, they have to hate their mother, their brother, and their sister. Jesus also said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to divide uh, mother against daughter, son against uh, father. Jesus also said that uh, you are, what did he say? He said you are, um, he was talking to the the Sadducees and the Pharisees, saying that basically they were uh, empty tombs filled with dead man's bones. So what we cannot do is put Jesus in a box. What we cannot do is live in this world and not stick up for the the word of God. A lot of times, even in my own life, I'm like, Lord, okay, how do I stand up for truth? Uh, But yet, being meek how do I stand up for truth but yet continue to walk in love and first off we would have to know what the definition of love is agape love agape love is a love that has a sense of morale a sense of morality love is not acceptance of someone just because they feel a certain way love is not accepting a man saying well I'm a woman because I feel that I'm a woman so me in return Am loving the only way that I can love you is by saying, "Oh, I accept that. I don't accept that. I cannot accept that because what we are doing is we are simply denying the identity of God and who God has originally made us made us to be. And it isn't only gender; it comes. We're denying God in many identities. It could fall under race. You see what I'm saying? We're denying our identity in Christ, and when we do that, we are denying who God is. Now, I want to stay on topic because there's so many ways I want to break out into this, but I want to stay on topic really quickly. You know, we're living in a world that says that there's no such thing as right or wrong or that we as a society or as an individual can choose what is right and what is wrong. Now, that is contradictory. Contradictory. In so many different ways. The reason being is because if right or wrong was truly subjective, we would be lit well, at this point, we are living in a very confused world because if right or wrong is subjective, we're gonna we're going to get into a time where nobody can tell anybody what is right. And what is wrong. And that is a dangerous place to be in. But I see us going there very quickly. Uh, Another reason why the Word of God, and this is why the Word of God is so powerful, and why people have a problem when people say the Word of God is absolute truth, because we want to be the God of our own lives. We don't want to have any accountability for the things that we do in this lifetime. We just don't. But at the end of the day, even on an earthly plane, we are accountable for our actions. That is why we have judges. That is why we have courtrooms. So we cannot think that on this physical plane, if we have judges in place, if we have presidents in place, if we have authorities in place that essentially do judge us based off of what we do in this lifetime, why would we then think that once we die, we will not have to face a supreme judge on the other side. And I'm saying all this because what society is trying to do and what social media is trying to do is they're trying to make a joke of of who God is. They're trying to make a mockery of who God is. Oh, God's not real. Oh, Jesus is not real. Oh, you're not going to have to um, be held accountable for the things that you do after you leave this earth. But that's a lie. That is the biggest lie That the enemy Satan is trying to pull on society. And as a believer, what I'm learning is there is a way to stand on the the truth of God. There is a way to stand on the truth of God in boldness and in righteousness without thinking that I'm holier than thou. There is a way to stand on boldness and righteousness while still having humility, realizing that I am just a sinner still saved by grace. I'm still a person that falls every single day. I'm still a person that is unworthy of salvation, yet salvation has been freely given to all of us. And that is the difference, recognizing that you are truly a sinner that needs a savior. You are truly a sinner that is not strong enough to handle this world on our on your own, we are not made to go through this life alone. We are not made to just trust in ourselves and manifest our lives because at the end of the day, when we 're so busy focus on these earthly things we 're so busy focus focusing on manifesting this life, we forget that this life is temporary we forget that. We have another life that is waiting for us on the other side. Whether we want to believe that or not, whether we want to think about that or not, it does not matter. Whether people are getting offended by what I am saying, that does not matter because at the end of the day, there is still truth. There still is an absolute truth. And what society is trying to do is they're trying to erase that. And what I want to do is encourage you, especially as a believer, especially as a believer, to stand 10 toes down on the word of God especially my young believers, especially those who have been raised in this generation, especially those who are scared to to talk about the word of God, are scared to um, preach to their friends, are scared to talk about salvation and eternal life and sin and wickedness and righteousness. Those who are scared to stand apart, um, But we are in a time where we're getting to a time where you are either for God or you're against God because the things that are happening right now, you cannot deny them. I know there's a lot of things that even people that call me up, I talk to some of my friends and they're not saved, but we talk about the same things. They're talking about how crazy this world is getting. You know, certain things they are like, dang, I feel like I can't even say that out loud or I'm going to get canceled or I'm going to look at, be looked at as a bigot or I'm going to be looked at as a hater simply because they are seeing that the things that are happening in this world are not of God. At the end of the day, they are causing a lot of confusion. And so my encouragement to you is today as believers, don't Be afraid to speak out. Don't be afraid to stand on the word of God. Don't be afraid to speak about who Jesus is and what God has delivered you from. Because at the end of the day, people aren't worried about how many times you go to church every Sunday. People aren't worried about how many prayers you say. People aren't, uh, that you say publicly. People aren't worried about the scriptures that you have in your bio. People aren't worried about you wearing your cross necklace. People aren't worried about you carrying your Bible around if they do not see fruit. If they do not see you standing on the truth of what you believe in. Because at the end of the day, atheists stand on what they believe in, Buddhists Buddhists stand on what they believe. And when I was practicing witchcraft and Buddhism and Taoism and all of these things, I was standing 10 toes down on that because I was confident in what I believed in. And as Christians, we are called to be disciples of Christ. We are called to share the gospel. And the best way to share the gospel is through your life. What are you standing up for? What are you saying? Hey, I can see that you're doing that and that's where you are in your life, but I don't believe in that. So I'm not going to stand for that. Do I still love you? Absolutely. Are you still my friend? Absolutely. But unfortunately, I cannot stand up for what you are calling good. I cannot stand up for what you believe in. That is not saying that I don't have love for you. I have love for you. But at the end of the day, I know that where you are going is headed in destruction. We have to realize that The suicide rate is bigger than ever. The depression rate is bigger than ever. I've never seen so many people have therapists in my life. There's nothing wrong with therapy. However, what we are doing is we're looking for these false senses of hope in humanity when we need to be looking at the creator. We need to humble ourselves, especially in a time as this, and say, you know what, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing I don't know even, maybe you don't know how to pray, you don't know how to talk to God, but at the end of the day, humbling ourselves and realizing that we do need a savior because, man, like, the things that I'm seeing is, is disheartening, but at the end of the day, I know a savior, I know who is responsible for the true healing. Am I saying that Christianity is easy? Absolutely not. Am I saying it's easy to go on here and have, and create segments like this? Absolutely not. Am I saying that I'm not even nervous posting this? Absolutely not. I am nervous posting this. However, I also know the truth. I know that what God has brought me out of and, it, I, would be being, and I would be doing a disservice to anybody listening if I, if I did not stand on the word of God, if I did not stand on truth, if, if I did not talk about what God has saved me from. I've never felt so much peace in the Word of God. I've never, I've never felt so much peace when I'm walking in the truth, because I'm not, I'm no longer under confusion, because I have something I can follow. I have something that truly is leading me in the way that I should go. And honestly, honestly, I'm not trying to sell y'all on Christianity. I'm just honestly being real with y'all. And at the end of the day, I know that I cannot sell you on anything, but I know that whoever is listening, you are, you're supposed to be listening to this for a reason. And I know that if God is speaking to you, he, he's not. this isn't the only time he's been speaking to you. He's been speaking to you on multiple occasions. And my encouragement is that you listen. My encouragement is that you seek God. And my encouragement is that you, if you are a believer, that you stand on the word of God not, lo- not losing hope and not growing weary. Because at the end of this life, glory is waiting. The word of God says it's not how you start the race, but it's how you finish it. And I don't know about you, but I want to finish this race strong in the Lord. Until next time.